listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the ACB Advocacy Update. I am your host, Clark Rockfall, the Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs for the American Council of the Blind. Thank you to everyone who is listening, downloading, streaming, and of course, liking, reviewing, and giving us those positive ratings via your favorite podcast player, as well as everyone out there in ACB Radio Land. As always, you can find out more about the American Council of the Blind, including learning about our ACB community events by visiting the ACB website, www.acb.org. And that's right, folks. Uh, this week's podcast is all about the ACB community. What is it? Why is it important? How do we get involved uh, you know, a year on into a pandemic and why community is more important than ever? And how could we have a conversation without, you know, uh, about the ACB community without including our ACB den mother, Cindy <laughs> Hollis, the ACB <laughs> membership services coordinator. Cindy, how are you doing? Well, I'm fine. My goodness. Uh, now I've got another title, den mother. <laughs> <laughs> what, other, what other titles do you go gosh. by in the community? Oh my Cindy? gosh, you never know. I've been... Uh, the community queen. Uh, somebody at, after convention called me Mother Earth, uh, and I can't even remember. And now I'm done, Mother. So I, you know, it's all good. I'll take it. They, well, you know, nurturing, <laughs> inviting, safe, warm, respectful. You know, that's what I think of when I think of hey. Mother. Well, I'll, and, I'll and wear somewhere it there will be cookies too. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, oh, Cindy, talking about the ACB community and our community events. Yes. It, it seems like, oh, I don't know, a year ago that all this got started. Not even. I mean, like, it's crazy to think about that. Um, it, it, in fact, precursor to COVID, uh, I had spoken with Eric and Dan our executive director and president about starting a call for presidents, a weekly Wednesday afternoon call. I call it the hump day happy hour where we could do peer to peer support with all of our affiliate presidents. And we slated that to start on March 11th. And it did, <laughs> uh, no idea that that would be basically a springboard for what has ended up being the community events uh, because it was that following weekend that we were told we'd be working from home. And March 16th, I held our first community call. I don't even think it was via Zoom, to be honest. I, th I think it might have been a free <laughs> conference call. Uh, and BZ. Before Zoom. Before Zoom. <laughs> wow. Uh, and, uh, and we had such a good turnout and great response. We did two calls that week, Tuesday and Thursday, and it was all around how do we stay connected. I knew that it would be really important if, as, as things were stay-at-home orders were getting started and just we had no idea uh, that 
it would still be happening, right? Still be so, going on. But and it seems so ho- ho- hum now, right? Like we we've been socially distancing and isolated for so long. It's it's almost normal. But thinking back to March, yeah. when all this was occurring yeah. for the first time, it was you. It, you mean, it was I don't everything have but normal. Yeah, yeah, I don't have access to public transportation. I can't go to I get my the groceries? grocery store. Yep. yep. Yeah. What about school and uh, work? Do yes. I have the infrastructure to exactly to work and learn, learn remotely? You know, what about my social circle? And yes. What were you hearing from from ACB members in in your role as membership and services coordinator, and even from our affiliates at that time? So, people thought it was going to end soon. So, I, I don't think anybody envisioned that this would be going on 10 months later. And so at that time, some people thought they didn't need to worry about anything because we'll be back in person, you know, we'll just wait until May or April or May. or. Uh, but I think that once it got a few weeks in, and some people were scared, so there was, you know, the, the fear element uh, just not knowing what all of it was about, not understanding. And and some people thought that the government was overreacting. Uh, some people were scared because their jobs were in jeopardy, financial concerns, uh, you know, isolation. That just that word alone is scary. And so, yeah, there was, I think, a lot of fear. Yeah. Uh, you know, at that time. But what we did was, you know, we had those two calls that first week. And Dan and I talked and he said, why don't you, you know, think about writing to the leadership list and seeing if there's any, you know, maybe you could put together some other calls. And because I said I was going to I was going to do a couple of calls the next week, coffee socials, just to get people together. And so the first one I did was the 23rd of March and I've been doing them ever since I have continued to do those coffee socials. The time has changed, but Mm -hmm. the the events themselves haven't. And uh, so I wrote to the leadership list said, if anybody has a call that they'd be willing to share with anyone in, in our circle, let me know and I'll put a, a list together. And so that's how it started. And I, I don't remember how many calls we had that that first week that I, I did that. But it was probably something like nine, maybe. So, okay. seven, you know. Yeah, from like two that. to nine. Uh, yeah, two and then nine the, the next week. And then after that, it started to explode. Uh, so we're talking nine in a whole week. That's manageable for, for yeah, one person. Easy. That's no yeah. problem at all. Yeah, that was that was a piece of cake. Um, and then uh, you know, next in in April, it, it, we were averaging about twenty a week. And then in May, we were averaging forty a week. Mm-hmm. And in June, we were at about fifty a week. Everyone's getting excited for the yeah, convention at this convention. point. Yeah. So, and then, and then we, we stuck around that same number uh, in July, around the 50 uh, a week. And then in August, 
went up a little more and a little more and we hit 300 calls 323 in september and we have not looked back we've continued to keep over 300 uh each month and so it's a it's quite a different picture we've had to incorporate some guidelines we've been doing zoom uh, host training uh for zoom hosts uh yeah just it's and I think that's an important question. So you've reached a point that this is no longer uh, manageable for one person, or even when you had no. your no. Uh, intern extraordinaire, Nat yeah. Radcliffe, yeah. Uh, who was introduced to ACB through the community. Yes. Um, the two of you managing over 300 Zoom calls. Was still a, a lot. Month is still a lot. a lot, yeah. So how, Volunteers. how do you do it? volunteers and a lot of volunteer time is mine <laughs> but uh volunteers i i depend a lot on i have a group of people that continue to make themselves available and offer to help in any way and when they offer to help it's not just uh in passing you know they they mean it because what's happened is people care about this community they care passionately um about the people in it and about uh you know what we do and all of that it's it's just i don't even know how to explain it but it's people know each other's voices people worry about somebody when they haven't been around they they've gotten to today somebody came on our call for the first time and she struggled to raise her hand on the iPhone and we stopped everything and talked her through it to, and she was ready I think she sounded almost like she was ready to cry and give up and we didn't let her and she's like you guys all sound like you've come into this knowing how to do everything and I said we I promise none of us did and then I asked the question did any of you <laughs> come into this knowing how to do this and everybody's like nope nope sure didn't you know and yeah so it was so that's what community is about right is helping each other caring enough to stop what you're doing and and take that time with somebody if if it's doable and it was it's a social call it was doable to give up 3 3 extra minutes right in that call uh so they, there's people that I have people that assist me with opening rooms. I have people that are there to help me, like Sheila, who helped somebody fill out a form online because now we have an online form if you want to hold an event that you have to fill out. Uh, so I've had another volunteer that helped me create that form as well as a form to, to uh, uh, have hosts. I, I used to do this on my own, and then I had up to six hosts, volunteer hosts, up to convention. I now have about 45 hosts, uh, and the list is going to grow. And so <clears throat> there's no way that I could just have somebody, you know, call me or just kind of schedule people on a whim. I need to know when people are available. So now I have a form for that. Again, that was a volunteer that put that together for me. I gave them him the content and he, you know, built it for me. Um and then we have, you know, volunteers that uh uh are are 
are actually doing the events. Uh, so, I mean, there are so many volunteers. That was one of the big things was how do we capture all of these volunteer hours? Because there's a lot of them. And, you know, that's part of the story, too. So since we started on March 16th, we've held over 2,100 2100 calls through our community events schedule. Wow. And we are also joined here on this podcast with one of your volunteers and Zoom hosts, the president of the Florida Council of the Blind, uh, Sheila Young. How are you doing today? I am doing great, Clark. How are you? Doing well. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your experiences with the ACB community. You are very welcome. So, Sheila, how did you get involved with the uh, <laughs> no community? I asked how, how her to. Cindy rope you into this? <laughs> that is so funny, isn't it? I Cause... actually did when Cindy was the only one doing the calls. Uh-huh. I actually did call in when everything was just haphazard. Um, I did call in on a, a coffee social and attended a few of them. And then I don't know how we came up with a recipe call. I asked you if there was a call that you could do. Like if there's, I was looking for content at that time. Today, I don't even need to look. It's all there. Some people are bringing it to me, right? But at that time, it was the beginning. Nobody even knew what we were doing. And I didn't know what I was doing either. (laughs) But I... But I asked Sheila, is there something? And she said, I probably could do something on recipes, a recipe. So I thought it would be a great idea, you know. And yeah. So, she thought she so yeah, I thought it was that. one in and out. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah. I think our first one was April 4th, if I remember correctly. It was it was back at the beginning of April. Yeah. And um, we had an excellent turnout and it, in fact, it's titled The First Recipe Swap because we really didn't even have a topic. <laughs> we just called it The First Recipe Swap. And um, I created the document from the recording and sent it out to those that wanted a copy of it. And they and I called Cindy and she wanted to know, you know, how to go. And I said, it went really well. She said, well, do you want to do another one? And I went, Huh? I think I actually said when 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 are when you do you want to do another one? one? Yeah, yeah. And I said, well, so I wasn't sure that it was really going to take off and it was going to continue, but we will have our twenty second one tomorrow night. So every other week for you know the twenty second one was that forty four weeks. So. <laughs> And then, uh, of course, once everything got a little bigger and I wanted to learn how to host, so Cindy trained me how to host. I was in one of her first hosting classes. And then she did a webinar hosting, which I was part of. And now I'm actually um, making her take some time off. Because she needs it. I will call her and say, what can I do to help you so you can get away from the computer and you can take some time away? And I um, am a Zoom trainer. So I'm now a training host for our future calls. So I absolutely have loved getting involved with it. I have, like Cindy said, 
as a host, you get familiar with people's voices. They get familiar with yours. Oh, we're so glad you're hosting this call, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just big. It's a huge family. And it's been absolutely wonderful for so many people that, as Cindy said, the isolation had people in a bad depression. And I think we've helped people in a personal um, sanity level, plus just letting them know that they're not alone. There are a lot of us that are doing these Zoom calls that are staying at home that aren't going out physically very much like we used to. And I just think it's been an asset to each and every one of them that participate. It's been an asset to ACB because we've certainly come up with some wonderful topics that have been shared. And it's just been a joy for me. And Sheila, share share the other call you do because you do host an, a second call. Every The opposite week of my recipe swap, I do a divorce chat. So it's a room where people can come and talk about how they feel after a divorce Um, whether they were married or not, if you've been in a long-term relationship and you don't have that person any longer, you know, you, you have a lot of baggage, a lot of issues, a lot of things just to talk about. And it's nice to be sitting on a call with others that actually understand why you're Um, having an issue with a particular song that you hear or why a date might affect you. Mm -hmm. So that's a very, very meaningful call. It's more intimate too, right? And it's, it's, we call Mm -hmm. them peer to peer support Mm -hmm. calls. And these have evolved widows and widowers. We have a divorce chat. We have people who are new to blindness. There's a, a newer call that's for people that are, Blind with other disabilities. Uh, I'm probably, oh, we have our uh, sobriety first. So for people that need a a 10 step um, program and can't get to uh, that program, they've been able, we've been doing that since I think early May. So the peer to peer support, I think, has been huge uh, for what we're doing as well. And, but it's people like Sheila who have been just so open to, you know, not only facilitating, I mean, that's huge, and but so supportive of other people that are learning to host and other people that are facilitating their first call or, you know, it, that's one of the things I love is just getting to hear people empower one another. Cindy, you've talked about how the number of community calls have grown yeah. and how the number of trained hosts has you know, subsequently you know, had to grow as well mm-hmm. just to, mm-hmm. to, to keep up and keep, <laughs> keep your sanity yeah. and your head above water. And certainly we, we want you to stay at ECB, so we're glad that that's, all, that's worked out there. It sounds like the topics have grown as well. So initially you were mentioning coffee socials Mm -hmm. and recipe swaps. Now you're Mm -hmm. talking about peer-to-peer support chats. What other types of community events um, are held? Sure. We have 
several around health and wellness, which is uh, going to be a big initiative for ACB this year. So uh, Leslie Spoon started off with one yoga class a week and now does two yoga classes and two resistance uh, classes each week. Angel Eyes Fitness, uh, I think they're out of Georgia. They do a a fitness class on Saturdays. We have somebody that is going to be doing for the first time this Friday uh, swing da- or not swings um, line dancing uh, as a form of exercise, and we have meditation. A couple of those kinds of calls. Uh, there's spiritual calls, so there are some that are around prayer and a gospel sing and uh, uh, you know. Bible study type calls. There are uh, uh, some around uh, essential oils and other uh, healthy kinds of calls, health option kinds of calls, nutrition. uh, Okay, so there's that. Then there are uh, fun calls like we do karaoke on Saturday nights. We do It's Playtime on Friday nights, which tends to be games. Uh, And so, you know, we're always trying to think of new games to bring to it, but it is so much fun and always have a great turnout. There's an open mic night on Wednesday nights. So uh, there's the Man Cave started up a few months ago. Uh, every other Tuesday, and so now the she shed <laughs> is the opposite Tuesday. So they flip flop, and I've been in the she shed a couple of times, and it's fun. I've not been in the man cave because you know, not welcome there. But uh, you know, I think it's just a time where people get to share and and feel supported and connect. Uh, and then we have lots of topics. So you know, we've done leadership training and advocacy and legislative training such as last night that Florida Council did. We have uh, people from the industry from industry bringing stuff to us like Vispero. Uh, LinkedIn has Comcast uh, uh, Charter. Uh, so we might have, you know, topics around a, a, a a given topic uh, or an organization uh, that wants to share about their products and services. Um, and then, of course, technology is always huge. And uh, the so before I go into the technology, when we started It's Playtime, I don't remember what we even called it. it I, I don't think it started off as It's Playtime, but... We started, first we talked about games you could play on your Apple device, and then we started talking about games you could play on your computer, and then games you could play on your Lady A, your Alexa device. And uh, and then Mika even found us a couple of people to present a, about like 64-ounce games and uh, some other presenters. But what came out of that was our gaming labs and there was like people wanted to learn they didn't want to just talk about a game they wanted to learn how to play those games so we i got this crazy idea why don't we try and do some gaming labs and we'll bring people and they can demo these games that you know people know and love so we did i think 16 
gaming labs over five weeks, maybe six weeks. I, I think all of May and then I think the first week of June. And that this really leads into our, our other guest here because uh, I put out an email looking for people to help with those gaming labs and got some great responses and some of them you know did their gaming lab and then they haven't done anything else but uh this this other guest that you have here he answered the call told me he was an a certified apple teacher and that he'd be willing to help with other stuff and man oh man has he delivered so <laughs> yeah and that's a great lead-in for matt mm-hmm. bulbrick how are you doing today hi i'm doing great how about yourself Doing well, thank you, and thank you for joining us to talk about the ACV community. Well, thanks and for having the, me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so Cindy just gave a little lead-in for how you got involved with the ACV community. Yeah, it's um, a very that, kind one. That's always the kind of introduction you want, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. But you've kept coming back for more. So tell us what you do now with the ACV community. Well, what I do now um, is weekly presentations uh, every Friday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern. They last about an hour and a half. And uh, basically what we do is all things Apple. So no matter what it might be, you know, we've we've covered uh, many of the built-in Apple apps, talked about music and TV and cord cutting, uh, home automation with the Apple Home app and HomeKit. Uh, we've done some things with Pages and Keynote, you know, w- whatever you can think of with Apple products, um, you know, we've tried to cover it or or we have plans to cover it. And of course, it's always from a voiceover perspective so that folks who are using voiceover full time are able to access all of these incredible Apple services and Apple apps and, you know, everything on their uh, on their devices. Matt, what was your initial thoughts or your initial experience once you heard of and learned about what we were doing with the ACB community? Well, you know, it was interesting because I was at about that same time working uh, my company, the Tech Juggernaut, which is a a small uh, tech business that also does product support, training, uh, design, different things like that. And, And I was trying to come up with ways that I could help. I said, you know, when this whole COVID insanity started, I said, what, what can we do, you know, to make a difference? And, and we came up with several different things. We started offering iPad lending programs, uh, you know, for teachers and, and parents and, and students. Uh, we started doing weekly virtual help sessions that are free um, using Zoom and now WebEx, and those still continue to this day. And when I saw, you know, I got an email from a list that I uh, was part of uh, that was actually not even directly from Cindy, but it was forwarded. Somebody said, hey, maybe somebody on this list will be interested in this, you know. And I read her email about the gaming labs. And I really didn't read too much into it at that time, except that, you know, she wanted volunteers. So I emailed her directly and I said, yeah, you know, I'll be happy to do a, a gaming lab or two if you have anything in mind or if you want me to come up with something here or some of the games that I play with voiceover. But I said, you know, beyond that, I said, I'm... Uh, certified apple teacher and i you know i'd be happy to do some other things if there's any interest in it you know and 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 she kind of came back and and first asked me if i'd do a 
um, a, a teaching on the uh, the camera on on the iPhone with voiceover and taking photos and things of that nature. And you know what I what I immediately began to see then was that this was much bigger than I realized. And I began to see what the ACB community and these community calls were about. And I was extremely impressed with Cindy from day one. Uh, you know, everything you said earlier on in the call, such, such a, a kind and warm person, energetic, ambitious, everything that was happening. And I was so moved by the community, you know, and, and the idea behind this and what it was trying to do at this time. And it really kind of echoed, uh, you know, what my thoughts were when we started offering the virtual help sessions and so on. So I, I was very, very excited about it and, and thrilled to be uh, any part of it that I could be. And what have you noticed throughout your involvement with the community? I mean, it, it must be a positive experience if you're coming back every Friday, 3 p.m. to do another Apple topic. How has the, how has the participation been in your sessions over your time within the community? Well, you know, I think there's two answers to that. I think it's twofold. Um, one is is the Apple side of things, which, of course, as an Apple trainer, that's, you know, that's always kind of where I go with this, uh, which is kind of what started me doing it in the earthly sense. I mean, I personally give all the glory to God and feel it was a calling, too, or it is a calling. But, you know, the earthly catalyst there uh, from the Apple side of things is that these products, these Apple products and Apple apps and Apple services are so powerful. They truly are life changing. They truly are empowering. They, you know, they change the way that we work, that we play, we communicate, we design, we create, we express ourselves. And we've been able to do things like never before, even if we're totally blind, you know. And so my whole thing has always been, I want to get the word out. I want to show people what's possible because it's changed my life. And if I can empower somebody else with that same skill and that same knowledge, if I can make a difference in that way, I want to do it. I want to show people what's possible. And, and what I've seen in that is that more and more people are interested in that. And, you know, we see people from around the world and we, we see the participation increasing and the excitement, the energy behind it. I mean, I, I, I remember one time specifically where I had like three different things planned for a particular ACB community presentation on a Friday. This is going back a couple of months. Cindy will probably remember this too. And I was going to talk about how to caption photos. It was a new feature in uh, iOS 14. Um, and you could do that now. And so I was going to share that. And then I had like two other quick little tidbits. I thought that was going to be a quick little tidbit. We ended up getting probably a dozen or maybe even two dozen questions just on that. And they were all so excited to learn about this thing. And, and you know, that's what has continued to be the overriding theme. So that, that's the first thing that I've noticed. The second thing that I've noticed is that the people are so kind, so giving of their time that this really is making a difference to, to I think, way more people than, than I even realize, maybe than any of us realize, you know, because it's something that they can come to look forward to. It's a place where they can be together, uh, where, where they can sort of commune with one another, uh, you know, in, in, with, with, with these mutual interests, whether it's these Apple presentations or it's the karaoke night or it's anything else that they're doing. You know, the fact that this is offered uh, to people, I think, is just, is just really, really awesome. Thanks, Matt. And Sheila, has that been your experience with the level of participation and the, the excitement and engagement with the sessions that you host as well as the ones that you lead? Oh, yeah. I have been so impressed. I love hosting 
um, the Apple presentation because they get to look to see how many people are there. And there's usually a minimum of 40 to 50 people in his calls. Um, You know, last night on the advocacy call, we had 50-something people at one point. It's just my recipe calls. We've had as many as 40 people on a recipe call. So <laughs> it's just I had 43 people in a social this morning, coffee social. Yeah. And that's and, not just one social yeah. or one recipe no. call. That's after yeah. 20, 30, 40 weeks. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, like Cindy and I have talked about it a lot. And, you know, you build it and they will come. And it's amazing to me that each week somebody comes up with something new. We had an abacus training today. Somebody yeah. was training all the abacus. <laughs> and I was listening in and there were people, lots of raised hands. And I'm like, I don't know how many were in there because I wasn't I wasn't in there. But I, I was like, wow, this is amazing. You know, they're... Just the topics could be anything. If somebody has an interest, there was this huge talk because there was going to be a Kitty City call on Sunday. And people are like so excited that they're going to be able to talk about cats and not just dogs. <laughs> you just <laughs> never know uh, what what people are going to you know bring. I wanted to just uh, quickly make mention that when Matt, when you started doing your calls, it was just you. And now you bring your whole cadre of <laughs> folks with you uh, to, to contribute as well. And which, you know, says so much to people, right? That it's not, these aren't sighted people. Not that we don't like sighted people, no offense or anything. But when you have blind people teaching blind people, when it's relatable right it's and that's what's happened i think in our community we have technology people that are blind teaching this technology we have it, it's it's blind people facilitating presenting hosting and attending and there's, oh, that, Clark, that. there's one thing I did want to uh, mention. Um, there is a gr- young lady that is an ILS teacher, um, and she works with every gamut of disabilities in the blindness area. And she sent me an email. No, on, on one of my calls, she was telling me that um, in her classes, she takes the recipes and she gives the simple recipes to those that don't have the high capability and then she gives the more difficult complex recipes to her students that have the abilities and she said her students are enjoying that so much so not only are we reaching out to our community we're reaching out to so many more that we just don't even don't even realize what a great story and cindy matt and sheila both shared about the the continuing and consistent level of participation and the excitement throughout the community events. You said over 2,100 community events have taken place. And what have you noticed about the, the level of participation? Me? Yes. First of all, let me, let me, I'm going to go back to late May. One of the common threads I heard 
from people is when this all ends, these community calls aren't going to end, are they? Now, that was, you know, at the end of May, people thought summer was going to happen and all of a sudden we'd all be back to normal. Then as we neared convention, the question still arose, is this still going to happen after convention? And each time I said, you know, if you guys want it, it's going to stay. I mean, I can't imagine it going anywhere. I don't think people are asking that question anymore because they know it has to stay, right? People are so dependent on it. What we've learned is that there are a lot of people that were isolated even before COVID. Mm. There's a lot of our community that stay at home more than the average person, live you know, out out in an outlying area where they don't get as good of services as far as maybe transportation or and and where aff- affiliated chapters are learning that you don't have to meet in person to be able to have a working organization, a working group that you know, there's there's going to be more hybrid uh, connections going on where you can do it in person, but you still have to have this element of uh, online support and, and offering so that it, it what it does is it, it widens the net and it and it really connects us so much more when we can do that. And it doesn't matter where somebody lives anymore. There's, you know, that's a, so that's been really, really huge. And I can't remember what your original question was. So I went off that, on a few minutes. Sorry. That is perfect. And not only, <laughs> not only are we able to reach through the community events, those who join the Zoom meeting via the link or they call in by phone, right? Yeah. Yes. But we also have the ability to stream these stream. events over ACB yeah. radio and podcasts. They become podcasts and people listen to those and there's constant, the ACB radio community channel didn't even exist until late May. And, uh, but now 24 seven, you can hear programming on the community channel. And Matt, I often hear you on there, by the way. You're you're a, a mainstay. They usually have one of your programs uh playing uh on there in the in the in the rotation. So uh that's, it's you know that's pretty cool, right? That, oh that yeah, that's, that's really yeah. awesome. That yeah, yeah, that is cool. Yeah. And Sheila, uh, you know we have these these ACB community events. Um, but FCB, the Florida Council of the Blind, you all have started doing community events of your own. Isn't that correct? We have. I do a monthly call. Um, we did the first one. I forget what the first topic was. We played Family Feud one time, which was a takeoff of um, Cindy doing Family Feud in, in playtime on Friday night one time. Um, we set up our own and had chapters going against chapters, which everybody keeps saying, when are we doing that again? That was so much fun. Um, it's it's a social two-hour call. Sometimes we go two hours, sometimes we don't. But it's just time for FCB to connect. And I hope all states will start doing that because I think it's a great way for people to get to learn each other. You're not able to do that necessarily at a convention, and it's just something different. 
And in this conversation, it's, it's really stood out to me hearing uh, Matt and Sheila talking about the community events that you're involved with, how excited and welcoming everyone is in these community events. And Cindy, I know that that's a big priority for you to ensure that the ACB community is a safe, welcoming and respectful place. So how how do you ensure that? Well, uh, it takes it takes some work. Uh, so one of the things that's happened, and it, it didn't start this way because I had no idea this was going to happen. You know, we didn't plan for this. This has been really organic and, uh, you know, I believe just meeting a need. And, and it wouldn't have happened without the people. So, but because of that, because of how big it has grown – and how many people are involved in it as volunteers and as attendees who come to these calls? How can we ensure that that our calls remain safe, respectful, and welcoming? We do a lot of training, training our hosts, uh, working. I put a podcast together for facilitators. I post our expectations up on our website. I share them every week. I send out an email to all those who hold or have expressed interest in holding events on our community event schedule. And uh, the host training, uh, the host guidelines has evolved since I, I think I started it in August continues to change and I update it when I do I put the date on it so people know when it's been updated and I send that out to our zoom hosting team I ask people to let me know if there's anything of concern so I can nip it uh, early on and a lot of communication with people and really it's all pretty easy Clark when I think about you know, it's driven by ACB core values. And uh, if I tried to rattle them off, I'd probably miss something, but maybe together, you and I, it's honesty and integrity, collaboration, flexibility, uh, respect, and there's one other one that I'm missing. But there, you know, there's, it's just the, the core values are really a driver for me. And then, uh, you know, just really working with people and treating everybody the way I would want to be treated and uh, engaging them at a level where I hope everyone feels ownership in what we do because it, this isn't a one-person uh, program. This is hundreds of people involved in this program and we all need to work together to make it thrive, to to keep it going, to stay centered and focused around, you know, the the core values of ACB and to ensure that it, it remains the kind of place we want it to be. And that's trickled into our, our Facebook group as well. So that started in June and it's a place where and it's one of the most supportive groups I've ever taken part in to be honest with you uh, so our Facebook group is a great place to be as well and uh, allows people to share with one another and really just empower one another so it's been really a good good thing as well thank you for that I, 
Matt, uh, Cindy talked about the the need for these community events as well as the need to make sure that they're safe, uh, welcoming, and respectful. As someone who's providing a, a service and running a business, uh, working within the, this framework, how do you see the need for these community events? Do you think this is going to be something that remains even beyond the pandemic? Well, you know, I... I uh... Yes. Yeah. yeah. The, the quick answer is yes. I, I think I think it has to. You know, the interesting thing about this, there's so much, of course, and, and I know that this is not the, the primary topic for today. And I don't want to, you know, go down a rabbit trail, as they say, you know, uh, but, you know, there, there's so much, you know, we've had such horrible things happen to people um, with this COVID, you know, lives lost and, and people really suffering and and all of those things, you know. Um, but for for the rest of us, for for actually a vast majority of the people, quite frankly, that's not been the case. And, it, and it's actually been an interesting time. And it's been a time where I think there have been a lot of blessings and I think there's been a lot that's been learned. You know, we've seen things happen that maybe many of us have been saying for years. But, you know, people are afraid of change. People are afraid of uh, trying new things sometimes, you know. And so, you know, for the first time we've seen in in public education that, yeah, you know, maybe when there's snow, for example, we don't have to close school. We can we can teach remotely. We can learn remotely that it is possible to do that, you know. And I think it's the same kinds of things with with these community events. I think it's like there is something here that we never even realized we needed, you know, Absolutely. But in reality, we did and do need it. A pandemic aside. I mean, that makes yeah. no difference. This is something that we've, we've now discovered we, and without even realizing it. And Sheila as a, an affiliate president, uh, you know, a longstanding ECB member, how would you say that the, the community has, evolved and impact ACB as a, as an organization, but all the way down at all levels of the organization. What is, what do these community events mean for the American council of the blind and its members? I think it certainly has opened everybody's eyes as to what ACB is. It's not this unreachable platform that people probably thought prior to this past year, they probably thought, oh, they're on the board and, and, you know, we don't count because we're not a member of the board. So why bother to go to a meeting or why bother to sit through this? You know, um, I think it's opened people's eyes to the fact that ACB is more than a bureaucracy kind of attitude. It, you know, they're people and, and they're people like me and you and we all have a heart and we all care. And I think that because of what has gone on for the past 10 months that we've actually gained a lot of respect in the community. How about that, Cindy? Um, I love it. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I think about is that pre community, pre COVID, when somebody connected with ACB, we might tell them about the convention that's, coming up in July or that just happened so it's not until next year and where it'll be nationally we might try and connect them with their state or a special interest affiliate and they may or may not be able to get connected for the 
maybe the next month I'll get to a meeting or maybe it's too far. No more do people have to wait to get connected to ACB. If, if somebody wants to be connected, it's today. It's right now. It's tomorrow. There's stuff going on every day of the week, whether there's a holiday or not, whether you live out in Alaska where we don't have an affiliate or whether you live in Florida where we do, whether you live, you know, out in the Thule's and not on a bus line and you can't get or you don't have the money to go to a, you know a, a meeting uh, or your health isn't good or whatever the reason it doesn't even matter I mean it matters of course but it's not going to stop you from being able to be connected with the American Council of the Blind and uh, we have people coming to our community events whether they're members or not, we don't know who's members and who, who aren't. Uh, we don't ask at the door. Everyone's welcome, uh, and, and it's, it's just a great place to be. And, Cindy, for folks who want to become involved and get connected with the ACB community, how can they do that? Well, the easy way would be just to drop me an email and let me know you want to be added to our community email list. Uh, if you want to receive the schedule, or if you are interested in bringing programming, an event, whether it be weekly, one time, whatever it might be, uh, let me know that. I will share you with you all of the information that you need on how to submit the information for an event. If you want to become a member, any of that, just reach out to me at community at acb.org, and I would love to direct, put you know, get you in the right direction. Whether and I'll subscribe you uh, to the community email list. I send out an email each morning uh, with that day's schedule, and then on Saturday, send out the weekly schedule for Sunday through Saturday. So that's it. It's not a discussion list. It's just an announce. And in addition to emailing Cindy at community at acb.org and getting added to the distribution list for the weekly and daily schedules, Cindy, there are other ways that folks can find out about the community list or the community events as well, right? Like visiting the acb.org yep. website yes, and, and the phone directory as well, correct? Yes, if they call our our phone number, 800-424-8666. There are five mailboxes set up and recorded by our very own Sharon Lovering every week. And all of the phone contact information for our, our calls are listed there. So you may want to have a, a way to record them as you do that so you can have a quick way to, to jot down maybe the calls you're interested in. Uh, and then, of course, on our website, we don't put any of our Zoom information there. That's for security reasons, but you can see which calls are available. The best way to be able to get the information on our events, though, themselves is to subscribe to our email list and or to call our, uh, our ACB toll-free number. Mm-hmm. And... One of the things I, I like most about the ACB community, oh, and of course, the, the Facebook group for ACB community mm-hmm. as well is a great place to keep those conversations going. 
as well as possibly raise topics for new community events. Who knows? Some have come out of that. People have asked, what do you think about this? And so they come out of that. And if you want to find us, just put in ACB hyphen community and you will find our Facebook group. And as I started to say, one of my favorite things uh, that we talk a lot about in the advocacy space is meeting people where they are. Mm. And that is certainly something that, Cindy, you are doing with the creation of the community events, um, making a safe, welcoming, and respectful platform, having it be available uh, via a link for computers and smartphones, phone numbers for folks who aren't on the cutting edge of technology, and ACB radio, as well as podcasts, so that folks, you know, if they miss an event, they can always catch up and stay up to date with their favorite recipe swaps. So, Sheila, thank you for all the work that you are doing as a host, as well as uh, bringing these reoccurring events and meeting people where they are in the ACB community. No, and, you are welcome, Clark, and thank you very much for all you do because you are a very vital part of ACB. Oh, thank you. And Matt, thank you so much for sharing your expertise and knowledge with the ACB oh, Always happy community. to do it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. So, again, thanks, everyone, to listening to the Advocacy Update podcast. If you have any advocacy issues, you can... Tune in to the community events where we discuss advocacy issues from uh, assistive technology, the 21st Century Communications Video Accessibility Act, as well as voting accessibility and advocacy training for the D.C. leadership meetings and legislative seminar coming up in February. And you can always drop us a line at advocacy at acb.org. So, Cindy, thank you again for all you do with the ACB community and sharing that with our audience here today. Yep. Thank you so much for uh, focusing on our community. I, I look forward to hearing new voices. And everyone out there listening on ACB radio and listening to your favorite podcast player, as we always say, keep advocating. Thanks for listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. You can reach us by emailing advocacy at acb.org. The ACB Advocacy Update is a production of the American Council of the Blind in Alexandria, Virginia. To learn more about ACB, visit us online at www.acb.org.